Friends in Christ, I'm sure you've heard of the epic book series by J.R.R. Tolkien called The Lord of the Rings. It's a wonderful story about virtue, about growth in faith and in friendship. It's a classic story of good versus evil. And the main plot of the book series is that there's this ring that allows those who possess it to wield incredible power over others. And that ring and its, its power has corrupted the face of what's called Middle-earth. And so everyone wants to possess it. And they're willing to do terrible things to take hold of it. And one unsuspecting hero of the book is named Frodo. Frodo has taken it upon himself to destroy this ring. He has to bring it into a very dangerous place where he could lose his own life trying to accomplish this mission. And Frodo has many companions that help him along the way. One of them is Gandalf, the wise and prudent wizard. So Gandalf is there to protect him many times. He offers him counsel. He encourages him through many different moments of doubt and challenges. And at one point in the story, Gandalf and Frodo are talking about one of their great opponents in the story named Gollum. And so Gollum is this creature that was once like Frodo, normal, but he had become monstrous because of his desire to possess the ring. It had made him into something he was never intended to be. He's murderous. He's wicked. He's vile. And Frodo says to Gandalf, referring to the fact that his uncle at one point had the chance to kill Gollum and didn't do it. He says, it's a pity that my uncle didn't stab that vile creature when he had the chance. And Gandalf says, pity? It was pity that stayed his hand. Pity and mercy. He had compassion on that creature, is what Gandalf is communicating to Frodo. But Frodo won't listen to any of it. He says he deserves to die. Because of all the things he's done, he deserves to die, says Frodo. And Gandalf responds rather surprisingly. He says, deserves it. I should say so. There are many who live who deserve death, and some who die who deserve life. Can you give it to them? Then do not be so eager to deal out death and judgment, for even the very wise cannot see all ends. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. And so facing this great evil that they're up against and the creature Gollum, Gandalf is cautioning him not to be hasty in his judgment. We listen to the parable of the weeds and the wheat that Jesus tells in the gospel this weekend. And it's the classic story of the existence of evil. How does this happen? Why is there evil in the world? 
Part of the answer is given in the parable. The landowner says an enemy has done this. An enemy has sown weeds among the wheat. And the workers say to the landowner, should we weed them all up now, immediately? And he responds and says, no, if you do that, you'll also pull up the wheat. You'll destroy the good. Let them grow together, he says, until the harvest. And Jesus interprets that parable for us. He says, to the end of time, to the final judgment. That's when we know what will happen and who deserves death and life. God makes the decision, not you, not me. The Catechism of the Catholic Church responds very powerfully saying that only the Christian faith as a whole constitutes the answer to the question of evil. So why is there evil in the world if God created the world to be good? Why do I encounter evil in my life when I have done nothing wrong? Many of us have asked that question. The entire Christian faith constitutes the answer, says the Catechism. And it goes on to name specifically the goodness of creation and the drama of sin. Those two things together. The patient love of God through so many adverse circumstances, the covenants he makes with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses and the people of Israel, the redemptive incarnation of God's Son. So God became man to respond to the question of evil and to give us hope for salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gathering of the church, the power of the sacraments, God's call to a blessed life and the freedom that we possess to cooperate with that call? Or, says the Catechism, the terrible mystery that we could choose not to cooperate and reject the plan of God for our lives to not accompany him in eternal life. All of these make up and constitute the answer to the problem of evil. The Catechism concludes and says there is not a single aspect of the Christian message that is not in part an answer to the question of evil. And so we can ask ourselves this weekend, where do we encounter the mystery of evil in our world today? On a global scale, where do we see it? Maybe in our personal lives, where do we experience this terrible mystery? And how can we become more engaged in the Christian faith and message to allow us to make the right decisions in the midst of the circumstances we face, to allow us to understand more deeply where God is in our lives and in the world? And where is God calling us perhaps to be more patient, to have pity, to have mercy, on those around us. For in the words of Gandalf, even the very wise cannot see all ends.